Hello, fellow travelers and leapers. Welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel. I'm your host, Sam, and I have a very fun, at least I think so, episode for you this week. Uh, as we stand on the precipice of season two's premiere, we have all sorts of good news, including the WGA strike coming to an end. Uh, writers can return to work. In fact, as I record this, uh, technically speaking, writers have been able to work now for about 19 hours, um, give or take, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, I received a couple of messages um, indicating that, you know, people were very happy and, and that they were looking forward to getting back to work, which I can only imagine. And I am very excited for what the writers have in store for us on the already completed eight episodes. Um, I received a, a message earlier, I believe, on our Discord server um, about the possibility of there having been only six episodes. That might have been uh, um, something that was misspoken uh, out there. But no, it is indeed eight full episodes, complete, done, 100% ready for air. Uh, and now... Depending on what happens with SAG-AFTRA, we could see a few more. Um, I think we're going to get, a, you know, if, if things resolve with SAG-AFTRA um, and the terms uh, are met, which they should be, I hope that they are. I stand firmly with uh, SAG-AFTRA and, of course, the aforementioned WGA. Um, but if terms are met, if, if, if we can uh, resolve that strike in time, um, we're going to very likely get at least five more episodes of season two, hopefully double that. I would love to get uh, 18 episodes this season uh, to match last season's total. And I think that there's a good chance, you know, network's going to be hungry for more uh, material to air, especially scripted television, considering that Quantum Leap is one of the few shows that is sort of ahead of the curve um, as far as having stuff already in the can and ready to go where there are many shows that do not have that. So, um, We'll see. We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, I have a feeling this is completely unsubstantiated. I have nothing to back this up, but I have a feeling and a hope that uh, SAG-AFTRA will indeed uh, be able to resolve their strike very soon as the uh, AMPTP is looking to get things rolling again now that they've resolved the WGA strike. So um, I'm thinking that things with SAG-AFTRA won't be too far behind. Um, and by all accounts, everything that I've read, it looks like a, a, a good, a good win for the writers. Um, you know, I've heard varying degrees of kind of how optimistic and excited we should be about this resolution. Um, some people are just over the moon, think it's amazing, you know, feel like the writers won, which is great. I love that. Um, others, you know, are a little bit more cautious, um, you know, say this is just a great foundation. Um, and, and, it, and it puts the writers in a place with, you know, technology being what it is today and with the streaming services, obviously kind of, you know, being king in a lot of ways, uh, it puts them in a really, really good place going forward, which, you know, ultimately, like, I feel like that's the least you can ask for. Um, <clears throat> but if that was at least at least met uh, in some eyes, then great. And again, other folks, uh, you know, are looking at it in a, in a much more optimistic way and saying that this is you know, a huge win and, and will really sustain the future um, of, of the business in a lot of ways, especially when it comes to the writers. So I'm thrilled for that. I'm glad um, that, that people are excited and, and, and ready to get back to work. So um, we'll see what happens next as far as, you know, returning to work, what that really actually means for the show. I would imagine 
that that means that the writers will indeed get back to work on those on those other five episodes. Um, you know, hopefully proceeding uh, in an optimistic fashion, but I imagine there'll be a little a little caution exercised as well, just because with SAG after currently uh, still uh, striking, there's the possibility that you know those five episodes might not necessarily be filmed until what would be next season. Um, we'll see. Uh, you know, again, I, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling optimistic. I think the sag after it will probably resolve things um, with AMPTP um, sooner rather than later. And I think once that happens, we'll be, you know, rolling again to say the very least. Um, speaking of rolling, um, one of our beloved actors for Quantum Leap, they recently completed their run in Cabaret uh, in the West End in London. And that, of course, is Mason Alexander Park. They played the MC, um, which if you're familiar with Cabaret, the MC is such a great role and it's perfect for Mason. And, and I think that with in particular with where we are now, and this is something that's certainly kind of dear to me uh, when it comes to live theater, especially, uh, it's a role that arguably should have always been portrayed by a queer person. Um, and has been, has been portrayed by queer people in the past. Um, and certainly that's not something that's gone completely unacknowledged or unaware from, you know, theatrical producers over the years, but there have been uh, a, a large, you know, number of, uh, of hetero uh, male uh, people playing that, that role as well. And, and I think that based off of the, the clips I was able to see um, and, and just, you know, knowing what we know about Mason as an actor, um, I think that they uh, just inhabited that role in a very unique and genuine way that I, uh, I can only hope um, I'll, I'll get the chance to see at some point in the future if they're able to um, go to you know New York when it's in New York and and, and maybe do a, a bit of a run there. I'll, I'll be there. You know, I will absolutely be there. We'll see. Um, I heard somebody mentioned to me, and please, if any other theater goers out there know better than me, feel free to correct me. But I heard that Eddie Redmayne is actually going to um, take the role back up when it hits New York, which I, I was fascinated by because I know that he had been on the record as saying that um, he loved that he got the chance to do the role. He loved the show and he loved the show, you know, that, that they kind of created, that he was able to kind of help shepherd along. He was one of kind of the original producers as well um, of this particular production. And so, uh, but he also said that he didn't necessarily know that it was the time or place for him to continue playing that role. Um, so that actors like Mason, for instance, could, you know, could, could have that role, but um so we'll see if that is indeed the case, which I mean, would obviously be great. I mean, I'm sure that that would sell a lot of tickets to have him uh, uh, in the show. Um, but uh, yeah, their, their uh, run is over in Cabaret and I'm assuming that they are, you know, back in the States, you know, perhaps hoping that soon they will uh, be, you know, uh, in front of the cameras for Quantum Leap uh, soon enough. So we'll, we'll, again, we'll just have to wait and see as far as that goes. Um we are less than a week away after this drops. As I'm recording this, we're actually exactly one week away. Um, it'll, it'll be six minutes in to the episode um, of, of season two of Quantum Leap premiering. And um, 
That Took Too Long is episode 201, written by Martin Garrow. And I am just, I'm excited. I'm excited for everyone to, to see this work because I think that the astonishing thing to me that they have been able to accomplish with this run of episodes, the, the first three that I've seen thus far, and of course the trailer as well. And I've heard a few things here and there. Like I know a couple of things that are coming um, for, for the next uh, uh, five episodes, but what they've been able to accomplish is pretty astonishing in my mind because a lot of times television shows they get that downtime they come back refreshed and they're able to kind of inject a, a bit of a new vibe or they're able to uh, have that renewed sense of purpose and energy while also having cemented what the show is or was you know before and and, and now they're able to just kind of get off to the races this was a cast and crew that got no break you know, they just, they finished season one and went right into shooting season two. Um, they have somehow managed to refresh the show when it wasn't necessarily in need of that, but it benefits from it a great deal while also having actors that have cemented these characters and really know, you know, who they are at this point and are able to tackle the material in a way that, that speaks to this um, understanding of, of who all of these people are, who Ben and Addison and Ian and Jen and magic, you know, who they all are. Uh, and it's, it's remarkable because it feels, it, it, it feels like they got that break. It feels different enough that if you had told me they shot this, you know, 10, 12 weeks ago, uh, I would have believed that. Six weeks ago, I would have believed that. Knowing that they shot this back in like February, right? February, March. I'm just, I'm kind of blown away by the work that they've done um, because it's it's pretty standout. And I think a lot of people are going to be very pleased with, uh, with episode one. Um, that's all I can say uh, for now, anyway. Um, what else did I want to mention? Um, yeah, I'll go ahead and throw this out there since we were talking about the strike earlier. Uh, you know, it's funny, a listener slash viewer, um, basically called me out for crossing the picket line in their words. Um, and, uh, I wasn't exactly, I mean, I, I knew that I needed to respond. I felt the need to respond. Uh, and, and I did, it's over on the YouTube page. You can see it under the comments. Um, but I wanted to make it clear, um, to, to listeners and viewers of the podcast that, uh, in no way am I crossing the picket line by speaking about the show. Um, and I know that some folks feel pretty strongly about that right now, and that's fine. And I respect, uh, their opinion in the matter, but factually speaking, I am not crossing a picket line. I am not employed by any of these, you know, studios. I am not, uh, on the payroll at all. I make no money whatsoever from anyone involved with quantum leap, NBC universal, et cetera. The only money that this show, uh, has ever made is, is it comes from the patrons who, uh, you know, 
subscribe on Patreon or in the past have done, you know, buy me a cup of coffee. Um, to be very clear, I literally did not have access to that Patreon or buy me a cup of coffee up until about a month ago. Um, I mean, I had access, but I didn't do anything with it. That was all handled um, by Dennis. Dennis took care of everything uh, from that end. Um, I can certainly say with 100% authenticity that I have never spent a dime of that money on anything other than hosting services and, and other technical uh, stuff for the podcast. Um, all that is to say that for me to cross a picket line, I would have to be either employed by one of these studios, making money from them, doing work that others who are striking right now are unable to do. And I'm not doing that. Furthermore, SAG-AFTRA published their guidelines when the strike began. And when the strike began, those guidelines made it seem as though anyone who was producing any sort of content whatsoever, oh, that word, content, um, that if they were producing it, talking about a struck piece of work, that they should stop unless they wanted to be going against uh, SAG-AFTRA, the picket, the strike, etc. Um, it became clear as those guidelines had a little bit more discussion and thought put towards that those guidelines targeted only union members or people who were employed by these studios. And SAG even went so far as to redefine those guidelines, very specifically pointing out that that's exactly what they meant. So much so that in the FAQ, they literally answered the question, if someone like me, for instance, were to say, hey, am I allowed to talk about this stuff? And the answer is yes. Yes, you are. If you choose to limit your discussion as an expression of solidarity with SAG-AFTRA, great, but you are not bound by these guidelines or these rules. I feel like this has been made clear before, and, and I, I have no problem repeating myself other than the fact that I know that a lot of people that are listening and watching already know that. But I, I, I want to make it clear to anyone that does have that feeling or that question that that is simply not the case. I crossed no picket line. I am not doing that right now. And until I uh, derive, if big, huge, if any sort of income or employment from any of these studios that are currently, you know, being struck by SAG-AFTRA, uh, until I am a member of SAG-AFTRA, uh, until any of that happens, if any of that were to ever happen, um, there's literally no way that I could be crossing the picket line. I'm just a fan who has a podcast, talks about a show. That's it. That's all I am. And, um, it's important to make that distinction. Um, I have nothing but love and respect for the people that are choosing to not talk about any sort of struck work right now out of a show of solidarity and support for SAG-AFTRA. Um, that said, I would like to think, especially after all of the statements that I've made and all the conversations and discussions that have taken place on this podcast, including the stuff like with J.J. Lindell when he was on the show recently, that it would be very, very clear that I support what SAG-AFTRA is doing 100%. That were I a member of that union, were I employed at any point in time, which I have never been by any of these studios, I would absolutely be picketing, whether virtually or in person here in Chicago, for instance, where there indeed have been, uh, um, you know, pickets taking place. So I, I just want that to be very clear. The second part of that is this show and other shows for that matter, deserve to be talked about. They deserve to be promoted and they deserve to be promoted because they are the work of the people that are currently fighting for better protections and better wages. And in my mind, 
those guidelines, while I understand them in spirit, especially when it comes to union members and people who are indeed being paid by these studios, that ultimately the big win would be that these shows are given the attention they deserve, that people watch them, that people talk about them, that people continue to support them. And that's all I'm doing. I want to watch, I want to talk, and I want to support. That's it. And the reason I want to do that is because I adore, adore the people that work on this show. I, I, I mean that wholeheartedly. And maybe that gives me some sort of bias. Maybe that makes me lose any sort of objectivity. But I'm not a journalist. I'm just a fan who likes to talk about a show that I love. And I just so happen to really, really enjoy the people that work on the show for a multitude of reasons. So I think that that bears stating again and 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 i think that it also it's not just a defense of of me but in 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 my mind it's a defense of the entire conversation surrounding um people who are continuing to talk because ultimately it's just water cooler conversation um and that's what we're promoting here um about about again about a show that that we love so uh Hopefully that clears things up for anyone who is confused uh, or upset um, about it. But in, in no way do, do I feel for one second that I'm compromising my ideals um, or my moral compass or anything like that by continuing to talk about the show. Um, if anything, I, again, I just feel like I'm supporting the people who worked so hard to make this show uh, in what little small way I can. I mean, I'm under no delusions here. The, the hundreds of people um, that I might reach by doing this, um, you know, hopefully they're stimulated in some way to continue watching and supporting the show because that's what it's all about. Um, and, and if you feel strongly that I have, you know, that I have done something egregious and I've done something wrong, uh, I, I certainly respect your opinion on the matter, but, uh, I don't, I think it's a fallacy to say I crossed a picket line because I didn't by any factual means. So, um, yeah, don't want to linger on that any more than I have to. Uh, so let's move along. I'm going to do something a little different. Um, you know, everyone uh, gets a shout out in in the show notes. Um, and uh, whether that's on the podcast or on YouTube, you'll see your name if you are a supporter. Um, I'm going to do something just a tad bit different. And I am going to actually single out a couple of people because it's one thing to read off a list of names. I love getting the opportunity to do that. And I hope that there have been times when either the look on my face or the sound of my voice can at least, you know, intimate some details about how I might feel about that particular person in the moment or, or my gratitude towards that person. Uh, and the blanket thank you that is involved there is, is meaningful and impactful and has been, and it's never, you know, been anything other than genuine. And, and I think anyone that listens or watches knows that, but I'm going to take this opportunity to instead shout out two specific people and I'll do, I'll do this as we go on, um, for different folks, uh, as well. So everybody will, will hopefully get their turn. Uh, but in this case, I wanted to shout out two specific people because uh, over the past week or two in particular, um, they've had an impact, uh, for one reason or another. Um, and one of them, uh, it's been more of a personal impact and I will admit that. Um, so, so allow me to, uh, to, to, to get a little personal for a moment, uh, as if I do anything other than that on here. Um, my friend, Christopher Redman, who is indeed a supporter of the show, um, and, uh, has been, a you know, a Patreon subscriber pretty much since day one, when we started offering that, uh, a year, year and a half ago, whenever that was, um, is someone that I have not been able to see in person much over the past 
really decade. I mean, there's been, uh, you know, my, my wedding, uh, there had been a, a, you know, kind of one-off sort of trip, um, uh, with a couple of other friends. And then I had gone out to Arizona, um, with, uh, with Jessica, uh, before we got married, uh, and, and he and I were able to hang out then. So really only like three or four times in the past decade. And, uh, in college, we would see each other every day. Uh, he actually had the apartment, um, beneath mine basically. So we would just hang out all the time and, um, very close. One of my, one of my closest friends. And I've spoken about him before on the show. Uh, but we got to see each other this past weekend and it was chicken soup for the soul. Um, <laughs> it was, it was so wonderful to be able to share some space with him to talk, um, listen to music, go to a baseball game, go to our friend Kyle's gig, um, and, uh, even hit up a casino, which is something that I don't do, but, uh, we, we had a good time. Of course we did. Um, it was such a pleasure. It was a pleasure for him to get to, um, um, meet the kids and, and, and just hang out. Um, uh, and, and I'm grateful for him and I am grateful for his contributions to the show. Uh, he's provided feedback and insight over the years as he's listened to the podcast. Um, I believe it was during the pandemic when he started kind of binging it. And, uh, he told me, he was like, I'm not even watching the show right now. I'm just listening to the podcast, which was flattering to, to, you know, to the nth degree. And, uh, I am so appreciative of him. Uh, and I, I'm just grateful that we got to spend some time together and I look forward to the next time we get to do that. Um, and again, I'm, I'm thankful for his insights and commentary on the show that, that he provides, you know, pretty much after every episode drops, uh, he has something to, to say, some, some good feedback, which is uh, valued very highly. Um, you know, he's, he's just one of the smartest people I know, one of the kindest people I know, and uh, I love him. I love him dearly. So, uh, so that's Chris. Uh, and second, I want to shout out longtime supporter, listener of the show, someone that uh, has, has taken part um, in the fandom for, for quite a while and produces their own uh, content um, on the show, and that's Damon Sugamelli. Uh, Damon has been uh, an active, engaged listener of the show for years now and has, um, you know, bounced back ideas and, 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 and commentary and thoughts and critiques, etc. Um, pretty much, uh, you know, I, I, I can't say as soon as he became a listener, because I don't know exactly what he started listening, but certainly early on um, in his listenership and um, has, again, has produced uh, his own videos um, uh, and podcasts on the series as well um, with some excellent dialogue and, and excellent commentary. And he and I differ in our, in our points of view, uh, frankly, quite a bit um, when it comes to uh, the revival series. Um, but the lovely thing is, is I feel like we've always been able to have this wonderful, respectful, uh, friendly dialogue about those differences of opinion um, and can and can genuinely walk away uh not necessarily having changed minds, but, but at least respecting one another's viewpoint. And, and, and I've just always appreciated that about him and I've appreciated his listenership, his commentary and his criticisms uh, and his thoughts uh, as well. In fact, if you go, you can check out right now, he's got a video available and I'll link it um, in the show notes. Um, I hope I remember. Uh, he's got a video right now for uh, his reaction to the season two trailer. And uh, it's very different than mine. Um, also, uh, you know, quick shout out to somebody who does not necessarily support the show uh, monetarily, uh, but supports it in many other ways. But speaking of trailers, uh, Matt Dale with Quantum Leap Project um, produced an excellent dissection of the trailer. Um, 
that was just beyond my means at this particular point in time with everything that's going on. Um, I'd certainly thought about it, but he produced an excellent overview that provides you with a lot of detailed information about where specific stuff is from. Um, you know, I, I think part of the reason why I didn't necessarily do that either is because I was kind of trying to shy away from any, you know, getting too specific and getting too spoilery when I was talking about it. Um, that said, I, it's a great video. I fully, you know, endorse any, any kind of spoilery information that might be out there, even though it's not really a spoiler because the trailer exists. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I, back to Damon for a second. I mean, Damon has produced some great content. Um, and one of these days, I promise, uh, he's going to be on this show and I'm going to be on his show. Uh, it's something that we've talked about. Uh, quite a bit. And uh, he's also been very active uh, for the watch parties um, as well, um, uh, which is great. You know, I love being able to to do that. And and hopefully that will indeed occur next week. Uh, you'll get an email if you are a Patreon subscriber um, with the link for that. I'm ironing out some stuff because I did change a few things, including um, Zoom. I no longer have Zoom. Um, so I have to run a couple of tests, but hopefully we'll be able to get that up and running very soon. So uh, so thank you to Chris. Thank you to Damon. Really appreciate your support. And I appreciate all of the supporters uh, of the show, whether you're able to give or not. Uh, and of course, I would encourage anyone out there um, that's listening right now to you know make sure you're looking around in your community, trying to uh, set right some wrongs and... Uh, uh, you know, giving to um, charities that you believe in or feel strongly in or, you know, have some sort of local cause. If you're looking for something in the world at large, I will always, of course, recommend the Trevor Project and Doctors Without Borders. Those are two that are very near and dear to my heart that I support. Um, and if after all of that, you still have some change jingling around in your pocket and you would like to throw it uh, my way, then please uh, head over to the Fates Wide Wheel Patreon um, and uh, and sign up. And uh, at any denomination, regardless uh, of what it is, you will indeed get the invite to the watch parties. Um, any sort of special uh, events or interviews or anything like that that we conduct, um, you know, you'll certainly get a heads up on. And I'm going to be working on um, posting some of that early. Now, obviously, the episode reviews, which drop immediately following the episodes airing, um, those I can't post early, you know, for spoilers sake, and I wouldn't want to spoil anyone, but uh, there will hopefully be some interviews coming. And, and when those interviews drop, uh, I plan on having early access for patrons, but it will be available to everyone. So don't feel as though um, you have to subscribe in order to get that content. Um, one of the cool things I know that happened uh, last season which obviously it's 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 a gray area right now because SAG-AFTRA is still on strike and I don't want to put anyone in a weird position. But one of the really cool things about those watch parties is that uh, writers and actors would indeed show up, um, you know, afterwards when we had our conversation and, and that allowed for some really cool uh, moments and interactions. So that's certainly one of the things uh, uh, that you can kind of be on the lookout for if uh, if you're a patron of the show. And if for whatever reason you are not in a place financially and to, to subscribe, but you still want to access to any of that, um, just, you know, send me an email and... Uh, I'll see what we can do. Um, what I can do. Uh, it's hard not to say we. Anyway, uh, I mentioned Matt Dale and the, the, the thrust of this video, you know, 25 minutes later, the thrust of this video actually has to do with Matt. Uh, anyone who has listened to this podcast at any point in time knows just how indebted I am to Matt and his work on Beyond the Mirror Image. That book uh, was given to me by Dennis uh, for as a, as a wedding present. And uh, the caveat was, is don't open this till you get back from your honeymoon. Uh, of course, I did. I was enamored right away. I 
I thought this is incredible. Um, and then of course, Dennis said, do you want to start a podcast? And uh, I said, yes. And now, you know, here we are six years later, uh, talking about the revival series, which was, you know, not even a thought, uh, uh when we started this originally. Um, and Matt was, you know, one of our first guests that we had on the show. Uh, the book has been indispensable. We've talked about the book, used the book, uh, numerous times in the, the original run through of the original series. And, uh, that book is just a vital tome, a vital piece uh, for any Quantum Leap fan. And uh, I, I think, you know, if you have a copy of it, awesome. Um, if you don't have a copy of it, however, have I got news for you. It turns out that the second edition is now in my hands and I am going to do a good old fashioned unboxing. Haven't even opened this yet. Uh, you have no idea what it took for me to not open this right away. Um, you can see the little old boy sticker on there. It's actually upside down, uh, which, you know, we had some fun with, um, um, uh, on Twitter. Uh, apparently that's from his son. So I consider this to be a special collector's item. And, uh, I am so looking forward to this. Uh, I, I, I just, as soon as he announced that he would be doing this, I knew that, you know, I was going to back it. I knew that uh, I would do whatever, you know, it took to to get my hands on it as soon as I possibly could. Um, of course, I already have uh, volume two, which is on the revival. Uh, we've talked about that before and, and, and had Matt on the show since then a number of times, obviously, to talk about this and, and that. Um, now that the book's out, we will, of course, have Matt on again. Uh, he and I are going to talk a little bit about Red Dwarf, and uh, we'll also talk about this book. But uh, I think it's time to just crack this open. Wouldn't you agree? You think? Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you out there saying, yes, it's time. All right, so let's do this. So here we go. I'm going to unbox this. I have no idea. I know what it looks like because I've seen a couple pictures, but um, we'll see what happens here. Oh, I knew that was going to happen. These things always do that. It's like you're supposed to just be able to pull it right up and it never works quite how you want it to. And then you just got to kind of get in there. All right, here we go. Oh, oh, this is beautiful. Oh my gosh, it's so big. Like I knew it was big, but this is, I mean, my goodness. Wow, and a little little shipping damage, but that's okay. That's not Matt's fault, um, and I and I honestly don't care as long as it's legible. Um, this is beautiful. I mean, just look at that. Uh, and, and we've talked about this a little bit before already, but I, I mean, the, the use of the blue and white on this volume compared to kind of the, the greenish blue, uh, and white on the, uh, revival volume is just so perfect. Um, you know, fits so perfectly with, uh, um, the design uh, of both uh, individual shows. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just amazing. Um, I also, uh, I had to, I, I had to get, you know, the inscription. It says to Sam once more into the leap, dear friend, because you know, theater Shakespeare, Matt Dale, from the year 2023, uh, which is, you know, uh, not really an inside joke if you follow Matt. And of course, if you're familiar with uh, the first um, appearance of Martinez on season one of The Revival. It's a limited edition number 60 of 180. Um, I didn't hop on quite as soon as I wanted to to get a lower number than that, but that's okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I already, I mean, even the design of the book, um, you can see kind of in the background there. Hopefully it's very faint, but there's this lovely uh, kind of almost atomic looking design in the background, um, you know, sort of geometric. It reminds me of like those, you know, little wheels that you put the pin in, had the little gears and you just went around and around. It kind of reminds me of that only 
you know, higher brow. Um, I love the, the dedication for Chris and Allison, fellow travelers. Um, that's lovely. Um, fellow travelers is a, it's obviously a word that's near and dear, near and dear. Um, and look at that. There's my name. My name's in there for the, uh, the Kickstarter. Uh, also one of the things that's super cool about this is that you've got the, the beautiful bookmark, uh, ribbon here. I love, I love having something like that. And it's going to, it's frankly, not only is it going to make reading the book a lot easier, but it's going to make talking about the book and talking about the classic series a lot easier, which of course I will do again at some point, you know, I never finished, uh, we never finished the revisited episode. So we'll definitely be doing that. And this will certainly be, uh, my guidebook to that. Um, I mean, already just, just flipping through it. I mean, it is definitely, there's more, there's just more here. Um, and it is, I, I, yeah, I, I can't, I mean, how does one even begin uh, to just talk about this in a kind of uh, casual way after the unboxing, considering how in-depth this, of course, is? Um, print's a little larger, I'm noticing right now. The layout is just stunning quite frankly it's it's not you know a great deal different than the first volume but it is different enough that you notice it there's just a little bit more separation in the text it feels it feels easier to read quite frankly not that the first volume was hard to read but this just feels a little bit more pleasing to the eye um it's really really quite something um you know the images that are used uh i'm trying to look here it looks as though some of these are probably reused, but there's definitely some new ones here. I'd have to uh, obviously talk to Matt or compare the books to know for certain. Um, yeah, but just some incredible, incredible stuff. Uh, the, you know, the, the, one of the things that I always loved, of course, is the, the music, uh, getting to, um, you know, hear not only what was playing, but when it was playing in the episode um, is pretty great. Um, and of course, as anyone who is familiar with the classic series knows, in addition to having those music notes, uh, Matt also lists when that music was changed for the original Region 1 DVD release, because as uh, uh, folks that are familiar with those will be aware, uh, those original Region 1 DVDs were a mess when it came to music. Um, of course, the most egregious uh, case of that was the excising of Georgia at the end of MIA, which, how does that episode even play? Uh, without it, right? Um, speaking of which, let's just, you know what, let's actually, let's go right to MIA um, and see what happens here. Um, it's wonderful too, because there are uh, a couple of instances within the course of the book um, that, uh, you know, Matt talks about some of the work that we had done, which is cool. Um, of course, we're reference face wide wheel is referenced more in the revival series just because of the the interviews that we uh, did last year um so let's see here oh gosh yeah there's just some amazing stuff here um uh, a letter from dean stockwell is photocopied in here that is from pool hall blues um which of course is is one of this podcast's favorite episodes without a doubt um let's see yeah so here it is um Man, I, I, yeah, I just cannot wait. I cannot wait to, to, to really dig into this. Um, yeah, there it is right there. 
Georgia on my mind. There's the asterisk. Replaced for the original U.S. Region 1 DVD. How could they? Those cheap sons of guns. No. Um, <laughs> uh, look, this is incredible. Again, there's more here. Uh, I can already tell for every episode, there's just, there's just more stuff. Um, go back and, and take a listen to some of the interviews that we've done with Matt, especially the two that we conducted um, just this past year. I believe the one from almost exactly a year ago, maybe a little bit later than that, but from almost exactly a year ago, um, we talk a, a good deal about this volume. Um, um, Whereas the other two, we, we certainly touch on it. We talk a bit about it, um, but some of it's a little bit of a rehash. Um, but yeah, he explains kind of where some of the new information came from, how he had access to that. Uh, and it's spectacular um, that he was able to get his hands on so many of the fanzines, that he was able to read so many contemporaneous reviews because, uh, or, or interviews rather, because one of the things that he admitted that the first book kind of lacked in, in, in some occasions were the varied perspectives, sort of that kaleidoscope of perspectives on the show as it aired. And by using those fanzines and getting some of those interviews that had taken place while the show was still in production, while it was airing, um, he was really able to glean a lot of new details about the production of the show. Um, and and I just, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's going to be an incredible piece and I can't wait to dive in and, and provide a, a little bit more of an exhaustive uh, review. And obviously it will be exhaustive because the book is huge. Um, <laughs> lovely the way that, you know, things separate, separated out for a uh, season so you can get to it very easy in that fashion um yeah i'm so obviously so blown away here um and oh yeah there's some incredible stuff here right now i'm looking at the color of truth entry uh lovely lovely pictures that he's using here um some excellent production notes um and, and, and again, the footnotes are, 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 you know, the citations of footnotes are perfect, giving us a great overview of when, you know, someone might have stated something, where the information came from, um, so that you, dear Leaper, could track it down yourself, if you're lucky enough. Um, but this is, but this is just, uh, this is going to be the go-to. Um, I sincerely doubt that there will be another book um, produced that could compete with this. I genuinely mean that. So, um, uh, this is not meant in any sort of gatekeepy way, but if you're a fan, you should own this book. There is no doubt about that. Uh, the Kickstarter uh, obviously is over and those volumes are going out. Once those 180 have been posted, um, you will be able to purchase the book uh, over at uh, lulu.com. Uh, of course, you can also just head over to forever.tv.uk which is Matt's site for all of his endeavors uh, and links will be there to purchase uh, this volume. And of course, a uh, volume two behind me as well. Volume three uh, will indeed be coming. Um, I ah, now I'm going to misquote this and I don't want to, but I believe Matt said uh, in 2025. Don't quote me on that, uh, but I believe by 2025. Let's put it that way. I'll just say that. I don't think I don't think it's coming next year. I think he's given himself uh, a longer lead time to, to really just dive in on all of that. But based off of what he's compiled already, I mean, it's going to be an amazing volume. And uh, I, I think I've stated it even on the podcast. I'm almost more excited for that volume than I am for the others. Um, and not because I consider myself to be any sort of like trivia expert or master of knowledge when it comes to the classic series. There's tons of stuff that I have to learn. And there's tons of stuff that I'm sure I will learn by reading math 
Pratt's book. Um, but I've obviously familiarized myself a great deal with the classic series um, and knowing those episodes the way that I do, just from my personal perspective, the prospect of learning more about the creation of the comics and the novels and some of the other stuff that's related to the show is a little bit more of an exciting prospect for me, I think, at this point than um you know, than, than just the original series. That said, again, I'm, I'm stoked for this. I cannot wait to dive in, uh, read, maybe even compare and contrast some stuff. Um, and of course, already looking at it, it makes me want to go and, and, you know, rewatch uh, and start talking about the classic series again. So I won't be able to do that for a little bit, uh, of course, because uh, season two uh, of the revival series starts up next week. But when I get the chance, I certainly will, because um, this will be a wonderful tool uh, to assist with that. And uh, it's something that, you know, wanted to do anyway. Um, whether or not I go through every single episode, I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll kind of pick some out that I want to focus on at first, although I do want to get the revisited series done. I really genuinely do. Um, and of course, talk about Twilight Zone and talk about Deep Space Nine, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all that stuff that's also on uh, the the operating table. I don't know why I said operating table. Um, so there it is. The On the Mirror Image, The Observer's Guide to Quantum Leap, Volume 1, the original series by Matt Dale with a foreword mind you, as you may have noticed, by Deborah Pratt. Um, in fact, Deborah Pratt is quoted on the back of the book. I'm a huge fan of Matt Dale's brilliant book, Beyond the Mirror Image. It's my go-to memory recheck for all things regarding the original Quantum Leap. I can't wait for the next edition and beyond. Ziggy approved. Well, here it is. This is indeed the next edition. And um, it's, it's just, yeah. I, I mean, how in the world uh, do, you, do you possibly better uh, what you had already done. It's, it's pretty incredible and I'm so excited about it. Uh, and of course, um, there is some wonderful stuff on the unmade episodes, uh, which is, which is great. Um, just, yeah, just some wonderful, wonderful pictures, um, of stuff that we hadn't seen before, um, which is also, uh, a joy, uh, stuff like cast and crew t-shirts, uh, special little, you know, pins and other memorabilia that was produced for the cast and crew of the show, um, which is, which is fantastic. Um, and now I'm looking, flipping through season five and being reminded about how awful some of those episodes were quite frankly, but I'd like to watch them with new eyes, uh, and see if maybe my opinion changes at all because you know, it's, it's possible. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> looking at some evil leaper stuff right now. Revenge of the evil leaper. Um, there's goodbye, Norma Jean. Oh yeah. Come on. I mean, you gotta, you just, you just gotta get this. You just gotta get this. I mean, look at this. Look at how cool that is. A little promotional image right there from leap between the States. Quantum leap returns to the civil war. I mean, what's not to love? Um, amazing. Yeah. Just some amazing stuff. Uh, I mean, look at this. Here's the belt buckle um, with Scott Bakula's signature on the back of it. I mean, that, that's the other thing that I think that is lovely about the work that Matt has done and continues to do is that it's not enough just to do a write-up of the show, who was in the show, when the show aired, what the music was, little pieces of trivia, his own personal review, et cetera, et cetera. It's not enough to do just that. Like, he digs as deep as he can to find as much just little added detail um, so that we can get as clear of a picture as possible about the production of the show. And, you know, knowing Matt's involvement, for instance, like with Doctor Who, uh, there are there are obviously books like this about Doctor Who. There are books upon books upon books 
but there's not for quantum leap and granted you know doctor who has a history stretching back 60 years um but that said you know quantum leap i i think deserves this as well just especially for the the spot that it fills kind of in, in, in american science fiction television um canon and uh leave it of course to a brit uh to to, to perform the task of writing this amazing tome um yeah, I'm going to stop there before I just prattle on and on and on about how great I think Matt is, how awesome the book is, and how I cannot wait to dig a little deeper. Uh, if you have your volume, you know, feel free to to post a comment, uh, uh, you know, tweet it out, whatever. Uh, go to Threads, Blue Sky, wherever you are. Fate's Wide Wheel is now on Blue Sky, by the way. Uh, thank you very much to to one of our listeners. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm 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 just thrilled to be on thrilled that this book is now out there, that we can start reading it, talking about it, and using it as our guide to the series um yeah i knew that matt was going to do amazing work uh and now the proof is literally in my hands um i've done the unboxing we've looked at some stuff already uh oh and now of course i have to I, you know what i have to go back to it because i flipped open to the leap home part one um which uh, of course is is any real i mean truthfully any fans uh many fans rather uh, favorite episode um so good and 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 i think if the revival series ever does indeed get bacula back or decides to revisit something you know with sam's past even devoid of bacula's presence i mean that's got to be the touchstone right you know there's no doubt about it leap home is the touchstone without a doubt um yeah just some just some wonderful wonderful stuff here um oh yeah i had that there's the vhs cover right there um there's a leap home part two. Oh, lovely now see look at this now this is awesome this is exactly what i'm talking about and you're going to find gems like this anywhere you go in the book quite frankly but this just happens to be attached to leap home this is uh a sketch uh from the director joe napolitano explaining the kitchen scene when both Scots would be in the scene. So you'd have Sam and his father. So there's the father, there's Sam and just explaining kind of how it's going to be shot, the layout of the scene, et cetera. So where the actors are going to be sitting. I mean, in incredible. And, 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 and this is from the observer issue seven, eight winter, 1993. And that is the type of material that Matt scoured was able to add so much more to the book, to take a book that originally was this size, right. But covered like everything about the show and then just distill it down to only covering the, uh, um, the original series. And yet having all of that amazing depth, I mean, it's just, it, it, it it, what a gift. I mean, I mean that genuinely. I mean, yeah, we got to pay for it. But still, what an incredible gift to the fandom to have something like this at our disposal. And it's not just for the fandom, quite frankly, because I don't doubt for a second that there are people in production uh, on the season two of Quantum Leap that are going to have this book that may already have this book. I don't know. I haven't asked Matt directly. Uh, I know Deborah's going to have a copy of it, obviously. Um, and she, you know, is, is clearly involved with the show uh, in, in multiple ways. So yeah, I'm <sighs> thank you, Matt. Thank you. Uh, so go out, get your copy uh, as soon as you can. Again, it will be available uh, print on demand, so you can purchase it uh, very soon, very soon. And um, everyone can have a copy and everyone should have a copy. Uh, and, and maybe you'll begin a special journey by handing off that copy to a friend. Who knows? That's what happened with Fate's Wide Wheel. 
Um, moving right along, let's talk about something else exciting that I got in the mail that I'm not going to unbox. But I did talk a little bit about this actually over on the Twitter um, or the X. And uh, that is none other than the special Steelbook version, the 4K Ultra HD version of Lawrence of Arabia. Just a brilliant film, wonderful piece of filmmaking, uh, some incredible performances, um, certainly a product of its time when it comes to dealing with people of color um, and actors playing persons of color. Uh, that said, it's still a brilliant movie, and I can't take that away from it at all. Um, loaded with special features, uh, but the the main event, obviously, is the um, the 4K presentation of the film on a 4K Ultra HD a disc it's it's known to be one of the more beautiful um 4k films out there so i'm super super excited to finally crack it open and watch it obviously getting the time to sit down and watch a movie that is almost four hours long i believe where is that runtime on here i can't remember now it's long let's just say that yeah it's it's 226 minutes so almost four hours um, getting the time to do that in, in my life right now is not necessarily easy, especially when I take a weekend to, to spend with friends. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's going to wrap it up. Um, you know, keep it somewhat short uh, and sweet. Uh, next week for certain, you will have an episode dropping immediately following the airing of Quantum Leap episode 201, uh, the season premiere for season two. That is, um, that took too long. And I am so looking forward to sharing my thoughts on the episode and going a little bit more in depth. Um, I will not have any guests for that particular episode, at least to my knowledge. I don't think that that's A, possible, and B, I don't even want to put the question out there. Uh, I just feel like it would be in, in, in bad taste. Um, so I'm not going to have anyone on uh, uh, from the show. I mean, uh, it's possible that uh, uh, maybe there'll be a special guest in another capacity. We'll see. Uh, but talking about episode one will be a joy because I think it's a great, great episode. It's a wonderful sort of reintroduction to the series in a lot of ways. Um, so if you've stumbled upon this and you've actually not seen season one of the revival yet, or you're a fan of the classic series and just haven't given the revival a chance yet, don't worry about going back and watching season one right now. You'll want to, I think, but I think you can you can just kick things off with uh, with the season premiere and and you'll be brought up to speed and 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 it's got some really really interesting stuff going on that you don't even need to necessarily know anything else about the show other than the, the conceit that Ben is traveling through time um, and uh, and has to you know right or wrong in order to to leap again. So um, yeah, it's great. It's amazing. They dropped a three minute clip uh, uh, previewing the episode. Today, uh, which you can find over on NBC's YouTube, I posted a link to it, of course, on our Twitter as well. There's a Collider.com article that uh, has that embedded also, um, and uh, I guess I could talk a little bit about those first three minutes. Um, just what a wonderful introduction to the characters. Um, we get some really, really well-defined uh, uh, portrayals. Um, you, you know, some excellent guest actors involved in the show, and uh, it really just heightens the, the the nature of the entire episode when you have uh, incredible guest cast, and they're also given excellent dialogue as well. I mean, I think that they're all the characters are so very well defined. Um, they, you know, they, they fit a type, sure, but um, it sparkles. You know, it goes beyond just necessarily being a bit of a, a stereotype or, or you know, a piece of genre television that we've all seen uh, hundreds of times before. Which is, I'll come back to that comment on a later episode. Um, 
but yeah, it, it's incredibly well done. Um, the production values are super high and there's, there are a couple of scenes in, in the course of the episode, which are not available yet. So I can't go too much in depth, but, uh, there are a couple of scenes in particular that I was just so pleased with as a fan of, you know, of, of kind of filmmaking, if you will, because I thought that they made some really great choices. Um, and, and, and yeah, I mean, we get a, plane crash for goodness sake how cool is that um and 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 raymond just does some absolutely incredible work throughout the course of the episode um just fantastic so um check that that preview clip out if you want uh if you're waiting wait until next week you'll get to see the whole episode um so i'll definitely be back next week with that it's possible that before that episode airs i will drop another episode in the meantime i'm talking about uh, a couple of other things that i've got on my mind um but in the meantime i think it is a perfect opportunity for us to say goodbye for now um thank you all so much thank you for your listenership your support thank you for your commentary thank you for your criticisms as well you know it, it gives me an opportunity to uh to learn to change to grow to maybe reaffirm something that i already thought uh as is the case uh with uh, the crossing the picket line comment um but i i'm grateful for it and uh I, I cannot tell you what it means to be able to take part um in 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 this fandom in any fandom frankly at this capacity and and, and having the ability to share with you all so thank you so so much much for that. Take care of yourselves. Stay safe out there. And remember, always, always leap responsibly.